Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. We are a congregation of the Presbyterian, Presbyterian Church in America. It's great to have you here with me for a Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. This is edition number 15 of season 7 as we continue working our way through the book of Joshua. We're coming uh, really close now to the end of this season. I will be taking a break um, from the morning devotional before launching season 8, which will begin on January 9th, 2023, and we will be going through the Westminster Confession of Faith, looking at it from a devotional perspective, a pastoral perspective, and I trust and pray that uh, the Lord will use that that series, which will be lengthy, to... um, Help God's people help you in your Christian walk. Today we come to Joshua chapter 20, a very small chapter. In fact, it's the smallest chapter in the book of Joshua. It deals with the cities of refuge and what that teaches us about God's kindness. But let's pray first and then we'll consider very briefly um, this very small chapter. Our God in heaven, as we come before you again this day, uh, another day that you have ordered for us, we pray that you would give grace and guidance that we would trust you with all of our heart, not lean on our own understanding of things, that in all the ways in which you guide us, we would learn to lean upon you, acknowledge you in all of our ways, uh, knowing that you do guide our steps. And every event that will occur throughout this day has been ordered by your divine hand and by your acts of providence, knowing that they come, whether good or bad, they come from a loving Father who knows best and acts wisely in our lives. Forgive us for our sins and our transgressions. Uh, Comfort the weak and struggling. Help help us as we consider your word that we might understand it and that we might apply it then therefore to our lives. Grant us your spirit. May he teach us, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, we come to Joshua chapter 20. We come to this issue. Uh, Primarily, uh, the chapter deals with the question of the cities of refuge. Now, this matter first showed up, really, uh, in the ministry of Moses in Numbers chapter 35, in which God gave the instructions regarding the cities of refuge. Here they are. The issue is expanded upon. Uh, Those initial instructions are expanded upon. Um, In Numbers 35, they were uh, mentioned um, also in Exodus chapter 21. They are to be six in number, according to one a commentator, as I'm reading what he has to say here, they are to be six in number chosen among the Levitical cities with three on each side of the Jordan. Now that, of course, makes these cities accessible um, on either side of the Jordan. Remember, there are two and a half tribes of Israel that were uh, allotted land on uh, the Transjordan side, that is to say the east side of the Jordan River. The rest of the tribes were on the west side three on each side of the city or the the river, uh, making it accessible uh, for anyone that might need to go there. The question, of course, is what is the purpose of the cities of refuge? Why did God give them? And I think one of the primary functions of the cities of refuge is to show that God is a God of justice. These cities of refuge, as reading again from one of my more favorite Bible dictionaries, as uh, there's a rather lengthy article within it, 
on this matter. I'm just going to dip into it very briefly for our purposes, but it's a safe place to flee for a person who had accidentally killed another. So we would call that manslaughter. It's a, not an intent of, it's not a malicious act or intent to, to murder or to take the life of somebody, but this is an act, this is an accident. It's an accidental death. The city provided asylum to the fugitive by sheltering and protecting him until a trial could be held to determine his guilt or innocence. If, in the judgment of the city, city elders, the death had occurred accidentally and without intent, the man was allowed to stay there without fear of harm or revenge by the dead man's relatives. And we see that in verses 2 through 6 of Joshua 20. Uh, the Lord said to Joshua, Say to the people of Israel, Appoint the cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the manslayer who strikes any person without intent or unknowingly may flee there. They shall be for you a refuge from the avenger of blood. He shall flee to one of these cities and shall stand at the entrance of the gate of the city and explain his case to the elders of that city. Then they shall take him into the city and give him a place and he shall remain with them. And if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not give up the manslayer into his hand, because he struck his neighbor unknowingly and did not hate him in the past. And he shall remain in that city until he has stood before the congregation for judgment, until the death of him who is high priest at the time. Then the manslayer may return to his own town, in his own home, to the town from which he fled. And so... Certainly, there would be a desire for justice. There would be a desire for even vengeance. And in this situation, God in his kindness, uh, as a God of justice, provides this place for this individual who meant no ill will or intent. And notice how the text puts it, did not hate him before um, this act occurred. Now, four major passages in the Old Testament describe the right of asylum and sanctuary and the sanctuary provided by a city of refuge. It's Exodus 21, Numbers 35 that I've already mentioned, Deuteronomy 19, as well as the text that's before us, Joshua chapter 20. A literal translation of the Hebrew phrase means a city of intaking. This right of asylum was offered before the settlement of the promised land, but was available only to one charged with accidental manslaughter. Exodus 21.12 records that he that smiteth a man so that he die shall be surely put to death. The passage continues, however, to promise that if a man did not lie in wait, a place would be designated to which he could flee. Prior to the establishment of these cities, temporary safety could be gained by fleeing to a sanctuary and grasping the horns of the altar there. In 1 Kings 1.50 and 2.28 record two examples of such a, such a matter. Moses first was commanded to establish six cities of refuge from the total of 48 given to the Levites in Numbers 35, verses 6 and 7. Three were located on each side of the Jordan River. Now the reason for distributing the cities of refuge throughout, the, throughout Israel on both sides of the Jordan was so that, a per, so that a city was easily accessible to a person responsible for an accidental homicide. He needed to find asylum immediately because he would be pursued by a member of the dead man's family. The avenger of blood sought to kill the slayer of his kin for the harm done to the family or clan. In the early period of Israel's history, before the development of the cities of refuge, this action could result in a blood feud that terminated only with the extinction of one family. The establishment of the cities of refuge served a humanitarian purpose by transforming a case of homicide from a private feud between two families to a judicial matter settled by a group of elders. Now, there is a major requirement 
connected to the City of Refuge, and the article that I'm using here for this morning's edition gives to us the details of it when it says a second major requirement for asylum in a city of refuge was that the slayer once being admitted to the city could not leave until the death of the high priest. Now that's very interesting and I'm going to make a connection to that here in just a moment. If he chose to leave the city before that time he could be killed by the avenger of blood. In contrast to the temporary sanctuary offered by grasping the horns of an altar, the city of refuge provided a permanent place of asylum for the mans manslayer. In a punitive way, the city also served as a place of detention. The manslayer was not guiltless. He could not leave under penalty of death by the avenger of blood, nor could he buy his way out by offering a ransom to the relatives of the deceased. A similar example of this punishment may be found in Solomon's confinement of Shimei to Jerusalem under a death, death threat if he left the city. We find that in 1 Kings chapter 2. Now what does this all matter to us? And how does this relate uh, to us here post the cross New Testament economy? Well, I think the biggest issue that we see here is that when we consider the cities of refuge, we really are considering he who is our city, that is Christ himself. He is the refuge to whom we flee as guilty people. Now, we are sinners, every one of us, and we must then, therefore, uh, find refuge in Christ. If we were to step outside uh, the labors of the great high priest, if we were to step outside on our own and seek to incur the judgment that is due us, we would be hopelessly ruined. But within the city of refuge, as the man or the woman that has committed this act of non-aggression uh, without malice intent flees to this city. It's a transgression nonetheless. It's still a sin. A death has occurred at the hands of another person. As long as they remain within the confines of that city, they are safe. They are protected both from the efforts of the family to harm them and from the judgment that would come to them. Much the same way we too find that in our Savior. Matthew Henry makes this strong connection to the cities of refuge, to the refuge that we find in Christ. And so we make that connection, I think, and I think safely and fairly, because Christ as our high priest who lives evermore to make intercession for us, um, he, he is... Uh, uh, alive and well, ministering at his Father's right hand, there will never be a moment in which that priest will die again. He has done that once for all, for sins committed past, present, and future. And as long as we remain within the confines of his city, you know, the city that he has erected uh, through his labors, then we are safe from the judgment that comes to us by a holy God who enacts true justice and true righteousness. And so I think this is a picture of that. It's a picture of God's justice. It's also a picture of God's kindness, but it really is a picture of he who is our priest, our high priest, who is our refuge and strength. He who is the one that protects us from that which is duly ours, protects us from our own sin, our own behavior, our own transgressions against the holy God, protects us from the wrath to come. He does that because of his work as our high priest. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Thursday edition, when we consider Joshua uh, chapter 21, may the Lord bless you today. May you strive to serve him, find refuge and hope in the Lord, 
Jesus Christ in all that you do. God bless.